Hello, and welcome to the C'est La France podcast. I'm so happy to have you here. My name is Sophie Nado, and I'll be your host for the show. Now, you might have seen the name C'est La France and be wondering, just what is this all about? Well, this first episode is here to serve as a brief introduction to the show, and a little bienvenue, as it were. As you might imagine from the name of the podcast, this series is going to be all about discovering the beautiful country of France, from uncovering hidden gems across the city of light, to interviews with experts running small businesses, and what life in France is truly like, we'll delve deep into the world of Lexicon. Ooh, bien sûr, served with a side of history. I'm a French-Canadian-British girl, yap as a mouthful, who chased her dreams of moving to Paris just a few short months ago, following a breakup, in fact, but that's not where my love affair with France began. I've now been a full-time travel writer and culture blogger for several years. On my site, solosophie.com, I cover off-the-beaten-path places, historical sites, and quirky stories about Europe and beyond. I'm currently residing in central Paris, where I spend my days writing, snapping photos, and editing videos. Unlike other podcasts you might have listened to in the past, this isn't only going to be a series of interviews. Instead, we'll feature both interview-style episodes as well as quirky soundbite stories, such as remembering when the Mona Lisa was stolen, or figuring out whether or not Marie Antoinette really did say, let them eat cake. To give you a little idea of the kind of things that we'll be discussing, in this first episode, I'll be discussing some hidden gems of Paris that I missed the most during the Paris lockdown, and perhaps you'll even discover some cool little spots to visit on your next sojourn to the city. The very first place that I want to draw your attention to is that of Boutbergère. Boutbergère is one of those areas in Paris that the decades have passed by, secret, secluded, and off the beaten path. Even many Parisians themselves don't know about its existence. Perched on a little hill, 100 metres up, to the west of Bouchermont Park, this micro-arrondissement in the 19th has all the charm of Parisian life without the people. If you're looking for a place with peace and quiet, then this is it. All in all, there are only around 1,200 residents, making this the kind of place that retains its village vibe in the heart of a modern metropolis. Named for Robert Berger, a 19th century French rugby player who died in 1914, the mount offers amazing views over the city and is even home to one of the last remaining vineyards in Paris. It's a perfect place to get a little bit lost on a lazy afternoon and forget that you're in one of the busiest capital cities in the world. This micro-arrondissement is only accessible via three staircases and one winding road. No wonder it's so hard to find. However, if you do manage to find it, it's totally worth it. Next, I want to bring you over to the other side of the River Seine, towards the Latin Quarter. Of course, everyone has heard of the Notre Dame Cathedral, and many venture to the iconic domes of the Sacre Coeur Basilica, and for good reason. Both Parisian landmarks boast rich histories and can be spied from many vantage points across the city. But if I had to pick one of my favourite churches in Paris, it would actually be Église Saint-Étienne du Mont, a little-known gem tucked away behind the Paris Pantheon in the Latin quarter of the city. Head to the side of the church before entering, and you may well recognise the stone steps there. After all, they featured in Midnight in Paris. Otherwise, keen architecture lovers will soon discover that the Latin Quarter Ecclesiastical Building hosts the last of the rude screens in Paris, known as the Joubet in French. They were largely ripped out of churches several centuries ago in order to make the buildings brighter and fit with the trends of the time. You probably don't know this, but Saint-Étienne-du-Mont is also the final resting place for the relics of Saint-Genevieve. You see, once upon a time, they would have been housed in the Paris Pantheon, However, following political turmoil and a men-only policy until very recent times, the Pantheon is now a secular mausoleum. Today, a Gothic sanctuary within Saint-Étienne-du-Mont is the final resting place of Saint-Genevieve, or at least what is left of her relics. 
visit today and the patroness has her very own chapel to the right-hand side of the church when facing the altar. Now, let's head back out into the open Parisian landscape. Up until the French Revolution, it was common practice within the city to regularly take the relics of Saint Genevieve lying within her golden tomb in procession to Notre Dame Cathedral on Ile de la Cité. In fact, it's Ile de la Cité that we're heading to now. You see, in comparison with cities like London or Amsterdam, Paris is often accused of having very little green space or breathing space for its residents. However, that's really just not the case. Although there are no really large parks, like Regent's Park or Hyde Park, right in the centre of the city, there are lots of tiny little parks, if only you know where to look for them. Well, today I'm going to tell you about my very favourite of them, and it even includes a weeping willow tree that my friends and I often joke is the perfect spot for a first kiss after a date. Well, it's Square du Ver Galant. Square du Ver Galant is quite literally in the heart of the heart of the city. You see, it lies at the very tip of Ile de la Cité, where Notre Dame lies, and is in one of the oldest inhabited parts of the city. Situated just below the illustrious Pont Neuf, which is ironically the oldest still standing bridge in the city, despite being called New Bridge when translated into English. The Square du Ver Galant is characterised by its weeping willow tree and sweeping vistas over the River Seine, as well as the left and right banks. Perfect to enjoy a picnic alongside the river in the summer months in Paris, the creation of the little park dates back to a time when several islands of the Seine were merged into one. In use as baths before being used as a concert cafe, the land was ceded to the city of Paris in 1864. After your lazy time lying along the banks of the River Seine, perhaps it's time for a bit of shopping. Though Shakespeare and Company is well worth one to three during your time in Paris, there's another English language bookshop in the city that's just a few streets away and is much less frequented or spoken of, that is, the Abbey Bookshop. Head through a few of the little cobbled lanes that form mazes in the Latin Quarter part of the city. Soon enough, you'll likely come across books spilling out onto the street and the smell of coffee wafting down a little-known Parisian lane. This is the Abbey Bookshop, a store selling all manner of new, vintage and rare books. Founded in 1989 by Canadian book lover Brian Spence, the magical store is situated in the very heart of the Latin Quarter. So-called because during the Middle Ages, students from the nearby universities would converse with one another solely in Latin. This arrondissement of the city includes all-time favourites such as the Paris Pantheon, Sorbonne University and the Église Saint-Étienne-du-Mont that we spoke of earlier. In a somewhat fitting manner, the actual address for the Abbey Bookshop is, pardon my French accent, 29 Rue de la Parche-Minerie, a lane dating back to the 13th century and perhaps beyond. The road is so named for all of the parchment makers and sellers that once lived and conducted business on this very road. Today, the Abbey Bookshop is located in Hôtel du Bousson, a protected monument that was built in the 18th century. While much of the street has been modernised, the former Hôtel retains many of its sumptuous original features, carvings on the façade, a lofty entranceway and solid doors. Last but not least, when it comes to the place I missed most during Paris lockdown, it was, of course, the streets of Montmartre, i.e. the 18th arrondissement. And while talking about the whole history or things to do in this area would fill another few podcasts at least, I can at least mention a few of my favourite things. After all, if there's one district of Paris I enjoy capturing more than any other, it's likely that of Montmartre. The 18th arrondissement has actually only been part of Paris since the 19th century. Prior to this, Montmartre was largely populated by windmills and farmland, the vestiges of which can still be spied today. 
best known as being the home of the Sacré Coeur and the iconic Place du Delt, where art is still playing en plein air today, the 18th arrondissement still hides many secrets behind its pretty facades. Of all my favourite places in Paris, Montmartre undoubtedly tops the list. Once the haunt of many of the most iconic artists from the 20th century, some of my favourite hidden gems of the area include the Clos Montmartre, a vineyard in the middle of the city, and Place de Lida, which offers one of the most beautiful views of the Sacré Coeur to be found anywhere in Paris. And just before we say our goodbyes, let's talk about day trips from Paris. Of course, no trip to Paris would be complete without exploring some of the French countryside. And while there are quite literally dozens of day trips to be taken from the city, some are clearly more magical than others. The Chateau de Chantilly is a kind of fairy tale French chateau which looks as if it's been plucked straight out of the pages of a fairy tale. Situated within a commune of the same name, the castle of Chantilly is home to turrets, room after room of opulent splendour, while its grounds are home to the fake Amel, which is alleged to have inspired that of Marie Antoinette at Versailles. Today, the chateau is also home to Musée Condé, the second largest art collection in France, second only to the Louvre. And that concludes our podcast for today. Thank you so much for listening. If you enjoyed it, please leave a review, subscribe and share it with anyone else you think might enjoy it. I will be producing a new podcast every Wednesday and each week will be a story about Paris or the wider region of France. And if you have any suggestions, please feel free to message me on Instagram or on my website for anything you might like to see in the next few episodes. Until then, bye!